Star Wars Sessions. Extra. Oi, oi, guys. It's Matt here. Oh, and it's Luke. I didn't know if you were going to do the whole... <laughs> good morning, good afternoon, well, good evening. Where have you are, Nick? Galaxy! Because look where we are, we're in the car park of a curry house, so I felt a bit open oh. doing that. Uh, we have today, we have been lucky enough to attend the Star Wars Family Fun Day via the Elstree TV and Film Con at, in Elstree. Uh, we've, we've been speaking to a lot of Star Wars actors again, we've been buying some cool merch, we've been having some lightsaber training, we've had a burger, a curry, a beer. It's been good, isn't it, mate? It's been um, filth, mate. It's been good filth. Um, yeah, there's some really nice highlights of it. I've had a, I've had a really good time. Yep, same. Um, it's been nice seeing everyone, seeing like friends we've never met before, yep. um, a few familiar faces too. So yep. yeah, all in all, it was it was great fun, mate. But yeah, we've got a load of sound recordings here uh, from interviews we've done yep. with many people that have been involved in Star Wars, and I think they're really good. Yep. Uh, and I bought a Ray artwork as well really good it's going to go up in pride of place so that was probably the highlight of my day but yeah thank you to the guys uh, at liberty events for having us for the uh for the day today it's really good fun so we hope you enjoy all the filth we've got from the guys we spoke to extra okay we're here at the star wars family fun day l street and we are now with mr mr sir brian muir who was the sculptor of darth vader's helmet in the original trilogy. Brian, how are you? I'm fine, thanks, and it's lovely to be here at Elstree again. After, well, we lived here for a long time and um, as kids, and then I started at uh, Associated British Productions, which is Elstree Studios now, yeah. uh, in 1968. Wow. That is incredible. So you're local? Yeah, yeah. Because we're at Elstree Con, and obviously the first star was... Was made yeah. in Elstree, so you're an Elstree boy. I sure am. <laughs> and we're here at Elstreecon yeah, yeah. today. That is amazing. So, with with your experience, um, are there any names that we'd recognise that you worked with? Did you ever get to meet George Lucas? Did you? Yeah, I did. I, I uh, George Lucas came up to see uh, the progress on Darth Vader and the Stormtroopers. Um, there were two other characters that I did, which were these two here, yeah. the Death Star droid and CZ3. Mm-hmm. I also did all the finishing work on C3PO. Oh wow. Okay. Which a lady called Liz Moore did the uh, basic the main sculpt. Then she left the picture and I finished did all the finishing on it. So how did you obviously um, we're, we're standing here now looking at the sculpts of Vader's helmet the stormtroopers. It's fair to say that you could go anywhere in the world and show anyone that and they know who it is. How did you get the gig of being Vader's helmet sculptor? Um well, I did my apprenticeship at Elstree. I was the only apprentice sculptor ever in the film industry. And when my apprenticeship ended, it was uh, the film industry in this country was in such a bad way, I got made redundant the day I came out my apprenticeship. Wow. So I got a job at a company up in London, um, doing prestigious work all over London. I'd work unveiled by the Queen and Queen Mother. And then out of the blue, I had a, a phone call from the old guy I trained under, said would I'd like to come um, back into the film industry they had a science fiction film that they was starting at Elstree they had some strange characters to do on it 
So I said, yes, I'd like to come back into the industry and um, arrived at Elstree um, uh, in January 1976. And the first uh, job I did was the Stormtrooper armour. Wow. Um, all the pieces echo the next piece, but they were done individually because they had to fit, they did 50 suits. So you couldn't do one size to fit some individual like did with, um, with Darth Vader. Right. I, they mold, in that case, they molded Dave Prowse, reproduced him in plaster, and then I sculpted on top of the plaster knowing it would fit Dave. So I did the mask first, and I did a back and a front to the mask. But when Dave came to wear it, it was so claustrophobic in it, they got rid of the back, and that they, he just had the front of the mask and the helmet attached to that. But you can't see that there's no back on it. But I also did the chest armour, the shoulder bells and the shins, which was all hard parts on, on Vader. Um, which they did um, two helmets, one as a backup and one that Dave wore through the whole film. Wow. And they would be locked away in the wardrobe every night, kept in a container. But uh, and, and at the time, a lot of people that were working on Star Wars, and I think George Lucas always said, particularly a lot of the British crew, thought it was just, the whole project was absurd. Like, it didn't make sense. It was almost crazy. Did you feel like that, or did you feel like it was special no, that it would no, become? No. no, we all thought that it wouldn't be a success. You're yourself included? And me included, yes. Wow. <laughs> and it wasn't until the following year, in 1977, in the summer, we went to the cruise showing up in London, Yep. and you see this huge spaceship come, come across the screen, yeah. and it had a, a ripple of applause. And then at the end of the film... This pessimistic uh, film crew all stood up and gave it a round, you know, a standing That's ovation. That's amazing. And I've never seen it since. And I've worked on seventy major movies. Wow. And I've, well, ten bomb movies and so many others. Um, uh, and I've never seen it since. So it was pretty special. Uh, Star Wars. It was so far ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. Um, and new technologies were created to, to make that, it work, yeah. ILM and that sort of thing. I mean, the film was all made back here, but the model work was all done back yeah, out in America, sure. well, ILM. You did obviously. You've obviously did the original trilogy. How did the how did it change the the sculpting and the moulding from A New Hope to Empire to Return of the Jedi? Did the techniques change? Did it become easier as you went along? They weren't you here. It was the same helmet for the, the whole way through, with minor changes. Okay. With um, Empire Strikes Back, they, the chin vent, they made it a bit bigger to yep. give Dave uh, Prowse more air. And the Widow's Peak that comes down to a point, that was um, filed across. And that was the only changes. And uh, a different paint finish on Empire. It was polished off. Because on uh, New Hope, it was supposed to be battle-scarred and, and aged. And, yeah, yeah. But it was all polished and finished on, on Empire. That was the other change, um, which I was never involved with because it goes to another department. And a guy called Ron Punter did the uh, original paintwork. Um, so on the third one, they just filled in a little uh, V on the stripe that comes the strip that comes across the top 
and they were the only, only minor which were done by the plasterers so it wow. wasn't a re-sculpting anyway wow and then it was re-sculpted on for the Sith Revenge of the Sith it was re-sculpted it was shorter flared yep and they did it on with a computer um, whereas it was asymmetrical what I did deliberately took one cheek up and one slightly down and um, to give it character George uh, Lucas decided he, he wanted it absolutely symmetrical so he did it all on a computer and whereas I did it all by myself in about three four weeks they had uh, six guys working on it for two months wow that one no you'd, yeah. you'd you wouldn't have thought it would take that many people that long to do it in comparison no not at yeah. all well, Brian, this has been absolutely brilliant talking to you. No, we're busy. You're a busy guy. You're going to go see family now. So okay. thank you. Thank, thank you so much for talking to us, Brian. Thank you very much. Bye then. Okay, so we are back at Elstreecon, and I spotted some awesome Star Wars cosplayers. <laughs> Do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm uh, Random Dent. And I'm Ash. And uh, we also... Uh, ALM, Agricultural Light and Magic. Yes. And we have made st- uh, Star Wars fan film. Oh. And we have another one, a much bigger and better one in production at the moment. So I saw these guys from across the room and I went, yes. He literally made a beeline. We, I made a beeline. I was he like, did. yes, we need, to, we need to speak to these guys. The outfits look fantastic. Yep. Um, but they've got to look fantastic because you are making a fan film. Can you give us any little... I know, I know it's not been released yet and it's in, pre, it's, it's in production at the moment, right? Can you give us any details of what, what's, what's it about? What have the fans got to look forward to? Well, I'm, as, as one of the writers along with Ash, um, the, the, it follows up from the first fan film we did, which was basically... It's a character called The Medic who I play and they have sort of like their... They're dropped in onto Endor after sort of, sort of, and try and rescue the people that are there, but they get captured right at the end. So in this one, it goes further back in time when the whole squad, the eight ball squad, they go off on several missions. Uh, again, someone, unfortunately, someone dies. So uh, the actor. Oh, there. Someone always oh, does. It, it's oh. Star Wars. Someone always dies. Spoilers, spoilers, you know, but hey, someone dies, you know. Still watch it though. Yeah, <laughs> but it's basically this. It's like a, a little vignette, of, a sort of of like you know a group of um, space Vietnam warriors going off to war, as you know, and then stuff happens to them. They buy stuff, you know, stuff gets blown up, you know, lots of action, lots of stormtroopers dying, you know. Yeah, and and it will be on YouTube. It's on YouTube. And your YouTube channel is uh, Agriculture Light and Magic. And I love the name. Yeah. And I, I said, oh, I love, oh, and I love the name. And you guys are like, oh, you're the first one to uh, notice that. So I'm taking that. I'm I've, taking I've, that. I've heard it. It sounds similar to something else, but it will come to me later on. Yeah. Um, the first one that's out is called The Medic. The Medic. So and people can go and see that now on YouTube, yeah? YouTube right now, yeah. You know, give us a like and say you hate it or something. Anything. No, don't and do that. Just a review, just one review, please. Thank you. And this next one, I have a lot more bangs and booms yeah. and a lot more fighting oh. and combat. That's uh, they've gone bigger for the sequel. So wow. um, when uh, when can we look at the yeah. date for that coming out? I imagine next. We got to do the location shoots next summer. Uh, so after next summer is about the best I can do. So August onwards next year. Wow, yeah. exciting yeah. stuff. 
keep an, keep an eye out for uh, Uncommon Ground. It's called exclusive yeah. just to your channel. There we. Oh, Uncommon. Well, they said the it was. Title. They said we haven't got a Star Wars yeah. film until 2023. Turns yeah. out we have. Yeah, there we go. There we go. There we go. Thank you so much. You absolute legends. Well, before, Thanks for before t- you go, go, on, though, go, on, go on. Before you go, you, you obviously you're making your own fan film. Oh, you mentioned Endor already yeah. once. Uh, I'm not going to try and guess what your favourite uh, Star Wars film is, but what is what are your favourite Star Wars films, and are they how do they influence the films you've made? Oh my word! Well, I, I will still go with, uh, and I think uh, Kerry will agree with me that uh, Rogue One is still oh, one of yeah. my favourites. That's Matty fact, boys. These films were pretty much inspired by Rogue One. We have a U-wing as well in these. What? Uh, yeah, we are actually going to have a U-wing in the, in the one to come. There's a U-wing. Hey, uh, to scale? <laughs> no. But you're doing trickery. We, we'll you're be, doing the, film the, trickery. The, the squad are inside the U-wing. The Very U-wing good. will be Very uh, good. seen and animated. And there may be more than one U-wing. Oh, naughty. I like it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Where can people find you on Instagram and Twitter? Right. I'm, I'm personally, I'm a Small Grey Bear on Twitter. <laughs> thank you. It's a, it's a very long story. I haven't got time for it right now. And on Insta, we're Not Twins Cosplay. Not Twins Cosplay. Yeah. Fantastic. Facebook uh, Agriculture. Uh, do you know what? I guess that. I guess that. <laughs> thank you so much, guys. Thank you so much, guys. Okay, so we are here with good friend of the show, Eve, all the way from Malta slash Austria. I'm not sure where you last came from. Where, where, were you, where have you most recently been? Well, I'm currently in Austria because of the baby. Oh, because of the baby. Congratulations, <laughs> Eve. Congratulations, mate. I believe um, you took your baby to his first Comic Con. Oh, yeah, that's right. Like one or two weeks ago. In, Aust- in Austrian Comic Con, yeah. Wow, how was that? Well, he was good. Yeah. <laughs> good boy. <laughs> he, slept, he slept through most of it. Yeah. 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 And you came, you've come to London. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but you've come to London to see a gig last night, right? That, that's right, yeah. And you thought, we, I DM'd you saying, mate, are you in the UK yeah. during this time? Yeah. I mean, I had, I had this event in my calendar, I don't know, half a year ago. <laughs> but then I kind of deleted it because I felt like, yeah, it's not happening. Nothing, it's not gonna nothing happen. is going to happen there. Yeah. Anywhere. But yeah, I'm still not convinced, Matty boy. I'm still not a hundred percent sure MCM and London Film Comic Con will happen, uh, and I think this might be our little taster for Comic Cons for this year. But let's see, let's see is, what happens. It, what we were saying when we got here, this is it's it's a small event, it's a family one, it's a cool event, and yeah. it, get, it gets the gets the pump for the yeah, when we get taster. To, like, the big it's ones. a teaser trailer. It's the appetizer, isn't it, for, for the big boys? The big boys. However, I'm having a good time, and we get to see people like Eve. <laughs> yeah, but um, well, touch wood that. This ain't, this isn't the only one this year. Yeah, but um, Eve, you've been uh, you've been busy buying stuff this afternoon. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought I might as well. Right, <laughs> I got from Brian Murr. Yep, um, Vader sculptor Brian Murr. Um, yeah. I actually ordered his book to Malta, and um, then I read in the book that he likes Malta. <laughs> He's been working there quite a bit. Nice on various like really old school production mm. it's like Cutthroat Island yeah. is it the, the famous pirate yep. movie the very successful sure. one a lot of uh, stuff's filmed in Malta <laughs> <didn't they>? yeah <laughs> um, yeah I think Jurassic World they were filming mm. that yeah, was Jurassic they had to World shut down because of Covid because yeah. Jurassic World um, so yeah that. so yeah, yeah, yeah so we had a nice little chat about Malta actually um, and then obviously I'm going in after all the Rogue One people yeah <laughs> <laughs> he loves it <laughs> we have here Imperial Ground Crew um, and obviously I also got the original Stormtrooper. Yeah, was that Chris Bunn? 
Yeah. Big boy yeah. band. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'd like to take the opportunity to kind of get everyone off my list. Yeah. <laughs> so you're staying at the moment near Heathrow Airport, right? And you got a bus here or something yeah not specifically what, 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 I'm not, what hotel? <laughs> yeah people are gonna be like what where can i find yeah, him no but you you got a bus here the question is was it worth it eve yeah totally worth it like yesterday I got up at 4 a.m in the morning then i flew then i took a bus the bus took longer than the flight um and then i've basically been up all day then i saw the concert then i slept a few hours i'm not actually staying at the at heathrow i just had to go there for the mandatory testing so one hour to heathrow Two hours here, worth it. This guy, he's a rock star, isn't he? Literally, he's a, a rock he's star. A do you, do you want do you want to share what else you do with our listeners? Because I know, <laughs> I know what else you do. Uh, I don't want to plug stuff. Like, Go on, plug oh, away, what, man. What, what, plug what am away. I doing? What am I doing? I'm always trying my best to do stuff and then lose interest. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, well, I I'm <laughs> musically active, less so in the last two years. Actually, recorded finished my new album kind of in between some lockdowns last year in Germany mm. um, but in order t- for it to come out we need some music videos and that wasn't possible so there's a bit of a delay that the record is actually done um, yeah and other than that I, I do do what you do on a much smaller scale because I, I talk about the uh, niche let's say picked up the niche because with my probably background you're referring to that like Japanese culture and then and, and Japanese swordsmanship and Japanese uh, or like let's say Eastern uh, Buddhist philosophy blah 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 I uh, talk a bit a few seconds uh, about you know the origins of Jedi um, um, and that's in your that podcast spiritual. right that, that's my super tiny podcast most episodes are less than 10 Dharma minutes. of the Force right the Dharma of the Force yep. yes yes yep. yeah Thank you. And he, and he is a musical genius. Well, nah. Yeah, I see. No. <laughs> and he's the king of travel as well. Yeah, I know. Every this Star guy. Wars location on Earth, I think you may have been to. Well, I haven't been in Bolivia. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's one. There's one. I, I haven't been to the new ones. I'm really like, you were living next to it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, whoa. Because there were some rumors. The, the thing is, someone <laughs> told me that they were considering doing stuff in Malta. Yeah. But there was a new... Oh my god! Like this is probably don't sue me. Um, there is a new film commissioner guy who was a like big business before, so it was only about money and not like uh, like a lot of countries basically invite. I would say probably Star Wars for free and give them money to shoot there mm. because of the impact it has tourism. on tourism. If you look at Ireland and Jordan and things like yeah. that, so they were considering doing something in Malta and they basically uh, they they. F- it's no. alright, we'll bleep that out. Yeah. <laughs> I, was still like, I was still like seeing from my balcony that there are some spotlights and there's something going on. Yeah. And I was like taking the dog out and sneaking there, but it, yeah, it was not Malta. So, so it must have been really cool for you guys seeing it in the background. Oh, mate, it was surreal. To know that <laughs> there's just stormtroopers running around like 15 minutes from your house. It was a journey. It is. Experience. Yeah, but we're, we've kind of, we're saving it for a live show because we have some drama from that. We have some really ridiculous stories don't we? yeah real was genuinely yeah, some real i mean stories. for what we got it was it was a laugh wasn't it but it was just uh they're strict on security we'll say that yes and so, parking as well yeah and parking yeah yeah so yeah. we'll leave it there but eve it's been fantastic yeah. speaking to you mate thank you for talking to us on the podcast and yep. um, where can people find you online mate 
well if they wanna like st90019 is my kind of star wars instagram handle mm. um and that's basically it most goes from there yeah uh, obviously like you said uh, at dharma of the force is the mini spirituality podcast i have um and other than that i don't know that should be it that's it mate check him out fantastic thanks eve we're here with uh, with a man who's played a plethora of characters in the galaxy far, far away. Jerome St. John Blake, how are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you. How are you today? We are. We're having a good time, aren't we, mate? I'm having a saucy time. He's having a saucy time, but um, we want. I must have gone to the wrong concession <laughs> stand. <was it>? <laughs> nothing, <laughs> nothing saucy you going need to on join, over you here. You need to join in the filth. <laughs> Sandwich, sandwiches and potato salad is as saucy <laughs> as I've got. Know, we yeah. actually we, we interrupted your lunch, so I'm sorry about no, that. No, no, it's you seem fine. to be yeah. <laughs> okay. such a British thing. Like it was hard, hardly gourmet. Egg sandwich and potato salad for a British lunch, but um, <laughs> so we obviously mentioned uh, you've played enough characters across the galaxy do you want to let our listeners know who you've uh, what masks and costumes you've donned and uh, well I've played seven different characters um, across the uh, prequel trilogy in fact seven in The Phantom Menace and some of them stuck around for the after show you know in uh, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith yep yep Masamida Vice Chancellor of Galactic Senate Rune Harko um, uh, Nimoidian Attorney um, Ornfrey Tarr uh, Senator Graxel Kelvin, Horrocks Ryder, Senators, um, Opa Rancisis, Jedi Counselor. Wow. And uh, recently named, because uh, originally when we filmed this guy, he was another Nemoidian called Lot Dodd's assistant. <laughs> but um, about four years ago, I think it was, five years ago, they actually gave him a name, which is Mick Regrap. Wow. Really? Yeah. Which is, uh, I'm told, is an anagram of a, a gentleman named Kim Parker who worked on the movies. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's a reason behind all of them. There is. They have a special algorithm, don't they? They do. All Free was named by Nick Dudman, who was the Creature Effects um, supervisor. And uh, his naming of that character is a, a thank you to a makeup artist called Stuart Freeborn who got mm. Nick started uh, gave him his first job in fact on Empire Strikes Back and uh, so Orn Free Tar started out as Orn Freeb so Freeborn backwards Tar as in thank you so it was Nick's you know wow. pub- public acknowledgement of Stuart Freeborn helping him get started but then, you know, the powers of B thought, oh, we'll put an extra A on to make it look a little more like, you know, Star Wars E, yes. So there you go. That is fantastic. So, like you said, you've worked on a lot of the films. I see a lot of Phantom Menace here. Yeah. How was it working on the Phantom Menace? Because that almost feels like, I, I remember it like yesterday, yep. you know, like the build up to Phantom Menace. But at the same time, at the same time, that was now more than 20 years ago, 22 well, years ago. I actually started work on it almost 25 years ago. What, of course. <laughs> I mean, how was that? Because a lot of people, I think, forget they associate the prequel trilogy mm. with CGI. Yep. But actually, The Phantom Menace had a lot of practical effects it on did. it, right? Yeah, and over the course of the prequels, it was, it was noticeable how much more reliant on CGI the studio became. Because, as you rightly pointed out, on Phantom Menace, not only was a lot of the f- foreground action real, yeah, but there were real sets as well. Yeah, you know, um, 
whereas by the time we got to Revenge of the Sith, um, it was almost all green screen. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, we've well, a lot of the people we speak we've spoken to at this convention and a recent one we went to in Essex. They're all very much from the original trilogy. So, firstly, it's incredible to actually speak to someone who's in the prequels because all the sequels. All the sequels right? Yeah, we don't. We don't really. F- we haven't had enough prequel um, boys out there because we. <laughs> this is. I mean, I first saw the originals before the prequels, but these are the first ones I saw in the cinema. Yeah. So it's fantastic to f- finally speak to someone who's worked so in depthly on them. But um, what are your kind of overriding thoughts on them now? Because there was a time when it was cool to say how bad they were. Now they're getting a kind of a re-evaluation but what are your thoughts from having been behind the scenes on them uh, from day one mm-hmm. um, George Lucas was on a hiding to nothing because after 17 years of expectation uh, with something as popular as Star Wars was by then even if he had made something that would be ranked alongside Godfather 2 in space uh, that still wouldn't be good enough for everyone Right, he, you know, he right. Would, he, they would have been hate mail, no matter Regardless. how good the movie was. Yeah. Um, with the benefit of hindsight, um, at the time, strangely enough, I was talking about this earlier on today. At the time, at conventions, when people still had VHS cassettes, there was a cassette that you could buy at conventions called the Phantom Edit, and. Uh, uh, there were rumours at the time have you really? there were rumours at the time that Brian De Palma the director had done this you know just got the movie and chopped out all the pregnant pauses and the silence kept all the dialogue but just tightened the whole thing as it turned out it wasn't Brian Um, but it was a much more effective movie just for tightening it up and truthfully I think you could say the same thing about Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith as well. Um, there's, there's, there's good stuff in there, but it, all of them were too long, basically. Um, now, uh, last time I did a, a, a show in America, a guy came up to me and said, "Oh, I, I watched The Phantom Menace the other day. It's a better film than I remember it. Yeah, I you feel know? like that. And I think, that's yeah, a, yeah. I think there is a kind of general feeling now that they were... Never mind the hiding to nothing that George was on in the first place. Um, it was, you know, like you said, it was almost fashionable to slate them. Yes. You know. Always yeah. is. Always you know. is. And, and the difference is, is now, like people like me, I grew up with this stuff as a kid. Yep. I'm now an adult. I can spend money. You know, today on the stalls, I didn't buy an original trilogy thing. I bought a prequel thing. Right. Yep. Right. Because now that's valuable to me. Right, so there, was, now there's this generation that has a voice all yeah, of a sudden, well, right? Now we're two generations down the road. Yes. Yeah. You know, uh, I've had experience of people coming up who, who were kids, you know, when Phantom Menace came out, like yep. five, six years old. That's their en- that is their entry level into Star Wars. And, you know, you yep. can't... I, I was amazed, frankly, when it, it took Disney so long to catch on to the fact that Oh, well, if we keep retreading a new hope, and, but calling it something different, we're going to run out of steam fairly soon. Yeah. And then somebody at some point tapped somebody on the shoulder and said, you need to get a bit of prequel stuff yeah. in there. You it, know? it did feel like that, didn't it? We, we commented on that. When 
from sort of 2014 onwards, when a lot of the new canon started being released, so the films, the animated stuff, the books and comics, they're all very much related to the OT, yep. which we kind of get, you know, dip your toe in the water, get the fans back on board with familiar mm. stuff, but now we're seeing an absolute resurgence, and mm. we're talking about that. I mean, Orn Free Tar, recently in the Bad Batch animated yep. series, Mazamida was a big part of the the aftermath tr- canon trilogy so these characters are coming back and they're being brought back and being yeah, given I want to know why I wasn't given the voice job for that Masamida character well we'll have, we'll, we'll have to have a word about that it's my That's yeah, it's he's my, literally right there there's my, you know, that is the first day of filming on The Phantom Menace is it really? yeah and that, that scene on the page was about five minutes long and in, in reality the movie, it, took, it was cut down to about is, is this the one with the uh, uh, Natalie Portman's he, um, tennis ball on the Stick is that one? <laughs> yeah. no, this is, this I, I'm not going to comment on that because <laughs> he got Chancellor Valorum, Terence Stamp yeah. looking a bit yeah. upset. He's no, been he, ousted. He was the actual the actual pod that we're standing on is real. Yeah, it's yeah, floating that's about real. Twenty feet up in the air. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow! And everything behind it that's green right green screen it was blue on that movie oh, bl- of course yeah prequel uh, Phantom Menace was a lot of it was blue wasn't yeah. it well this has been fantastic Jerome thank You're you so welcome. much may the force be with you and may the force be with you too okay so we are here with Scott Richardson aka Quigold from The Force Awakens. How are you, Scott? I'm oh, very well, Luke. Thank you very much. Yeah, very good. Having a good day. Yeah, it's been good. I was just saying, your display is very good. We've been to a few of these kind of things yeah. where people are doing, yeah, yeah, where, where people do their signatures, but you have a lot of attention to detail and even your swag is very impressive. You got that episode seven hoodie. Now, did you get that on set or...? Yeah, I got this, the hat. I got a couple of my daughters as well. You could order stuff from the cast and crew. And so that you might see this on Antiques Roadshow in about 40 years' time. Worth, oh. worth about 50 pounds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Matty Boy's... Matty Boy's... I'm, I'm buying that up. <laughs> Matty Boy's going to nick that one. And, right, so you've got Rise of Skywalker stuff, but predominantly you were Force Awakens, right? 100%, yeah. I mean, this, this was just something a friend gave me. She's a cabin crew with uh, American Airlines. Nice. So you might be interested in that. I thought I'd just bring it along. It's something a bit different. Why it? not? I, I've not seen that. No. So, uh, to, so Quigold is most known for uh, being in Maz's castle uh, when, when Han and the gang go in there. Uh, the first question, the obvious one, is how did you get the gig? Because we, we, we've been speaking with Jerome about the Phantom Menace, huge hype surrounding that. The Force Awakens, the hype surrounding that was huge. Yeah. So uh, to be able to get a part on it, firstly, must be pretty special. But how did that come about? Well, you might turn a little bit green when you hear the story. I will. It was, I guess, one of the most spawniest, luckiest guys around. I joined a casting agency because they were looking for amputees. I just got an email from a friend. So they need, need some amputees. Put your names down, boys. So I registered with them. Literally six days later, I get an email. Can you come down to Pyramid Studios for a fitting? Okay. So I You're joking, up. just out the blue. So I turn up, are you Scott? Yep. Have you got, are you here for your fitting? Yep. All right, just, have you got a camera phone? I said, yeah. He blanked off the lens, signed this, go through there, went through, and there's R2D2 and C3PO. I'm like, so that, Ooh. greener than Yoda. Because were, were you a Star Wars fan before? Uh, I saw it in 77 when I was six, and that mm. is it. So this makes me even more hate, hated by fans. Oh. But. <laughs> Then, fast forward a bit, bit more, as we're going through the costume fitting, um, yeah. they said, would you mind if we put some animatronics in the head to make it move, make it come alive? Yeah, of course. Fine, so yeah. they done that. And then we did like a show and tell. 
And J.J. Abrams came round and he saw this character moving. He said, oh, we need to feature this guy more. Bring him, bring him to the front, actually. Um, give him some lines. So all of a sudden, I've gone from being an extra in the background to a speaking part. Because we, um, we spoke with um, Details, who was on set as well. I don't know if you ever met him on set, but he said the same thing. that Everyone's lined up and J.J. had come in and he'd, be, he'd ask it that everyone had to do this their own specific thing and he'd pick everyone out and give them roles based on that. But, yeah. So that's pretty cool. But um, imagine, six, da- six days into your acting career, Force Awakens. <laughs> that is unbelievable. Yeah. So you, you worked with these guys. How was it, what was it like to work with JJ? Well, it was great. I mean, interestingly, because I work in the prosthetic industry, you know, making legs and bits and pieces, yep. and he saw mine, and we, we got chatting while we were in between takes, and we are talking about these legs that have been developed in America, and we chops in a way, and then yeah. the first director comes out and says, um, JJ, do you mind if we carried on now? We're ready to roll? And we're like, just chatting about <laughs> legs, holding up the film in the Star Wars, having a good old chinwag. But he was really approachable, nice guy, Sounds you know, absolute fanboy of it himself, you know, yeah. so he was passionate about it all. Right, I've got a, I'm going to lean in close here. This is, this is very much for me. How close did you get to Daisy Ridley, and what was it like working with her? Well, this is a funny thing, because it was the first you know, brand new one, and you didn't know anything about yep. what the story was. You didn't know who Daisy Ridley was, you didn't know who John Boyega was. You're just in this little isolation, this, this 10 seconds of filming in, yeah, a, yeah. in a film. And because of the bit with uh, John and Finn leaving Maz's castle with me, you think, well, okay, for the story to move on, this might still stay in you know we're not going up on the cutting room floor so you think well maybe this guy's fairly integral to the story but you don't know so you just work in that little isolation job done then you sit down watching the premiere just hoping that you're going to appear in it and not be and you you were in it quite a lot like right because i i see i see quiggold and i'm like oh no i recognize him yeah i reckon and obviously the action figure yeah how cool (laughs) is that right so again from a few years ago not doing anything in acting to oh I have an action figure like that's yeah ridiculous like yeah. if I was told that as a kid I'd right right so you're part of that legacy so that's yeah, amazing pretty amazing Scott. yeah but during the film they said right between takes now we're going to um, go and reference you I said oh great what does that mean <laughs> <laughs> and they put me in a cloak so you couldn't see what I was wearing got into a minibus so still course, on the set yeah. down to a um, uh, different studio into there walking behind this curtain there's like 200 SLR cameras all in a, in a tube you know in a, in a cylinder and you squeeze into that standing on a plate all of a sudden it takes a simultaneous photo of you then a few shots on a turntable right that's you done and, he's, and I said what's this for they said well in case I make an action figure of you and you just wow. laugh you think yeah right and then a friend in America messages me he says have you seen what I've just seen in Toys R Us <laughs> like what look at that that is unbelievable yeah. Scott that's bit of a so life, isn't it no, I mean we're still waiting for our uh, commission, but it'll come. <laughs> um, what was the what was the best moment then working on set? Because obviously you say you were you were filming short spurts here and there, but it's a big old set. Mazza's Castle was, and there was a lot of people coming and going. Obviously, so you know what was the what was your kind of outstanding memory of that? A lot of waiting around, obviously, because I was completely green to all this. And they were doing take after take after take, and I was thinking, am I getting this wrong? Am I moving wrongly here? I said, no, no, we're just trying different lighting, different settings. Or you, your hood fell down that time. It's kind of just literally 20 30 takes of one little bit of footage it just seemed crazy but that's that's just how it is you know we're saying yeah. that's it, this is this is how it is yeah but i think the the funniest story was when um with between takes uh, they asked us to step off the set while i just changed a couple of bits around so i'm stood next to john boyega and he's looking down at my at my, my leg and he says um so what, what have they done with your leg and i thought he meant like my spare leg you know my, my walking leg i said oh it's, it's over in the tent over there he said, no, no, I mean, have they, like, strapped you up to your ass or something? <laughs> I went, what? 
I said, I'm an amputee. He goes, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't oh, realize. No. <laughs> so like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that as well. I can there imagine that. We had a good laugh. <laughs> filth bag Boyega. Yeah, filth bag Boyega. <laughs> Scott, it's been lovely talking to you, mate. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Thanks for the opportunity, guys. Cheers. Now, we're standing here, or sitting here, with uh, Paul Weston, who's appeared in more than one Star Wars film, probably more than one film that you've heard of. Paul, how are you doing? I'm fine, thank you very much. Good. And rather than me reel off your um, Hall of Fame, just let our listeners know what Star Wars you've been in, who you played. Um, I played uh, in Return of the Jedi. I was uh, Vadine, the skiff pilot, uh, and I f- fell off uh, having a fight with uh, Billy D. Williams and his stunt double. Um, and the stunt double was supposed to have a cable on him, which, in fact, on the explosion, snapped. And both of us went into space and fell into the Sarlacc pit with him on top of me breaking my leg. Oh, no. So uh, that what? was a nice experience. <laughs> Yes. We haven't heard that story before of an actual leg br- uh, bone break. Yes, yeah. So, uh, yes, I remember that well. <laughs> wow, but you did it in the name of Star Wars. Of course. Of course. See, so look yeah. at that passion coming through. So you did Return of the Jedi. Yes. But another fun fact is that later down the line, you were also in Rogue One. Yes. Right? And uh, the, uh, last, the, the, the last night... Uh, the Last Jedi? Last Jedi uh, and um, The Force Awakens. Really? Yes, yeah. So I don't know... I don't know many people, Paul, who have been in the original trilogy, but have also been in in this modern era, the sequel, the Disney era stuff. I don't know many people who have done that. Yeah, I've done about three modern ones, so... Yeah, that is incredible. Interesting career. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm looking at your Rogue One poster because that's my favourite Star War of them all. Yeah. Um, and you played Fen Van. As soon as I saw the image, I recognised exactly what's seen on Edu. Um, how was it working on Rogue One? Because again, that that film you hear about production issues, blah blah. Did you were you aware of any of those? But also, what is it like working on that particular film? Um, I, we didn't really get involved in any of the uh, issues that were going on in the film. But uh, on, on my scenes, it was very cold. Yeah, and it wet. It was pouring <laughs> of ice-cold water, and we were uh, being shot in it. But yes, it was, um, it was a good scene to be part of. Um, they treated us very well and tried to keep us warm, but it was nice. freezing, especially when you when you get shot and you're, you're laying on the floor while the rest of the dialogue's going on <laughs> over these dead bodies and you're sitting there freezing. But, um, yeah, it was a, a good film to work on and I really enjoyed watching it, which is, um, is, uh, is always a bonus. So you've died a few times in Star Wars. Yes. Again, yes. not many people can say that, I no. don't think. And I think I shot myself. I was uh, one of the Nictos on... Um, the uh, barge and I shot myself on the skiff <laughs> really blow myself up on the skiff what is it what is it Lucasfilm have against you Paul um, what is it I don't it? know but I don't know had it for a long time yeah <laughs> yeah keep, and you've been in it. you've been in other non-Star Wars projects as Matty Boy yeah. was saying so that's Aliens what's that Matty Boy Superman Superman 1, 2 and 3 I did doubling for um, License to Kill you were set on fire yes yes yeah. I mean, that's, again, nice way to die. Yes, I'm I, seeing a theme here, Paul. Yes. What's going on? Um, well, it's been over the years, and I've, uh, 
I've been I've killed myself a few times. I must <laughs> say. No, yeah. well, the films you just mentioned they they cover from from the seventies and the sec- onwards up until now. What was and this is going to sound you know there are obvious differences. But working on Return of the Jedi, then going to Rogue One, how had things changed just from a, an actor's point of view from those eras? Um, n- not a great deal in terms of being a stuntman. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> you would always be always uh, was treated okay. Um, it's just that the process of of making like a, a in Superman making a man fly, we had no CGI the same as um, in uh, 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 Return of the Jedi. There was no CGI, so everything you had to do for real. Um, and that's a, the, the change that has happened to the industry. But I see the guys now working more than they ever did. Um, so when we thought, when I did um, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark and I was driving the truck that went over the cliff and when I saw the film there was these little figures falling out of the, out of the, the jeep, I thought if they can do that then, what can they do in 20 or 30 years time? Yeah. But they're still using stuntmen, uh, yeah. and the wire work they do these days is phenomenal. Uh, I would love to, you know, and Superman, we just, I was on an 18 gauge piano wire flying for Superman. So it's one piano cord wire on each hip, and in fact, the wires broke on um, Superman. The, the movie and I fell on my head and broke my cheekbone the what yeah Paul what is going it's on what? No, it's, it's wires it's not me it's the wires <laughs> you poor guy what you have done for no. TV uh, and film yes. right what you have done yes the sacrifices I've sacrifices made, you've made yes. well this has been great thank you so it's much for pleasure. talking to us Paul good luck with your shows thank you, thank you. cheers bye uh, freestyling this um, but you've just listened to a load of absolute filth from Elstricon or Matty Boy's given it we're still in the curry house it's the best podcast you've ever heard Star Sessions on the mic it's quite a, we've not heard that in ages the people haven't heard the whole rap in a long time no we'll, we'll, we'll uh, remedy that error the, the great error uh, and we'll get that sorted for you but no it's been a good it's been good fun we hope you enjoyed the interviews there we love interviewing the, the character actors from the films because they've always got like, some, like, interesting stories which you may not hear from I don't know the A-listers for example you know people, the, these guys have always got they're always a good laugh to talk to as well off off mic as well there's always so they've uh, they dropped some particular filth today so thanks to everyone who took the time out to speak to us today so after the convention we uh went to the pub with sean o uh jessup and uh a little baby alfie and a few others and we well we went to a pub at a pint lager lager, lager cider sometimes lager jessup um Coca-Cola, yeah i know Lager. I had a cheeky Guinness did, and it was absolutely gorgeous mate I obliterated yeah, that did. well listen mate um, we went to the pub and then we went we, we, well we went to a curry house and that's where we're recording this outro from from yes. in, a, in a car park in a curry house what's the name of the curry house I'm literally just getting the name of the curry house now he's putting me right on the spot there uh, it's called um, Elstree Curry House it's not called that it is called um, bear with me guys why are you going on Facebook because I tagged myself in it I checked and there we go here we go here we go but Bagicha in Boreham Wood Bagicha and it was proper good wasn't it 
do you know what this is a nice curry house this is a really nice curry house and the service was mad wasn't it the decor inside was was proper nice as well yeah. it felt re- i felt i've got my sessions t-shirt on and my knackered old trainers on yeah. and i'm swaggering around and everyone's still dressed up to the nines there's <laughs> me and my old hoodie on well we've got some cool content for this today we've got some cool merch like you said earlier on in the show yeah, well i got i only got one thing that was a jar jar binks phantom menace um toy but an uh, action figure but it's like with like some battle yeah, yeah. stuff like it's like from the battle of naboo right and i've not seen it before it looked really good 10 pounds i thought that was a pretty good deal yeah. matty boy walk us through just quickly oh, what you got mate i've got a ray bit of artwork i've already mentioned that highlight of my day uh, i saw it i was talking English to the I, I was talking to the artist and i literally saw it i was like and i pointed i think we uh, somebody your brother Madison, i pointed that's I'll have it and it's literally he just like, okay you can find whatever creep um, so I had so I got that I got a, a stormtrooper cushion which is really nice actually it's hand, handmade hand embroidered uh, a Star Wars Rebels Funko Pop t-shirt a Rogue One Funko Pop t-shirt which is filth uh, three posters from the original trilogy one for each film and they crocheted pork for my nipper so uh, all in all a successful day it's been amazing mate and plus I think it's just been nice hanging out you know, after sound after like our sound effects on our sound, yeah, isn't it? it's not, mate. That is just the popo. You know, actually the fuzz, isn't yeah. it? It's uh, yeah. Welcome to outer London on a Saturday night. That's it, mate. That's it. So I suppose that's it for the filth. Yeah. This this on this style sessions <laughs> extra. <laughs> yeah. Um, so should we, should we outro? I mean, do we do socials? Do we yeah. plug? So no, it's <laughs> style sessions extra. Way more chill, isn't it? it thanks is. for listening, lads, yeah, ladesses. Let us know what you thought about it, and um, thank you for listening. But uh, yeah, from me, see you. This is the way. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> do what we want. It's style sessions extra. Do what we want, mate. Do what we want.